Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. John. Hello. And Aaron. Hey. Dave, you're alive. I know. Just about. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> How's it going? Not too bad. You've been uh, missing an action in the last two episodes. I have indeed. It's been an unhealthy scratch. Yeah, yeah. yeah indeed. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to the podcast. Uh, every single one of them has been great. All two of them. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I'm not leaving you two out. Uh, John, Aaron, how's things? Yeah, good. Not too bad. It's been a busy couple of weeks, to be honest, at work. Glad to be doing this. Are we really talking about work? I know. Yeah. It? No, no, I'm okay. It's been a busy couple of weeks in work too, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so interesting. Okay, I'm going to take my coffee and leave. <laughs> um, so nothing else, stranger? Not overly. John's just been spending the last two weeks getting beat at the fantasy hockey, so. Oh yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I'm fans. sure we're going to talk about that plenty in the book. We probably will talk about it at some point. Who's leading? It, well, actually, technically, I'm leading the whole thing. Yeah, well, oh, is that why you? Was, I'm really surprised. Ask that question. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm first. I'm first place after two rounds. So okay. tied first place. No, no, I'm first place. I'm one. I'm sitting number one. Oh, you sitting? It's not tied. I'm sitting in number one. I'm in the number one spot. <laughs> you know so who's not doing well? Mark. Me. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm zero and two. You are zero and two, and you're what one and zero? Yeah, one now. Beating John. Mm. Burn up. We don't. I think. I think I meet one of you two in like eleventh week. I don't think it's until the end. I think until one of us meet. I think must be me. No, I think it's like I meet you last. I think. I don't know. Well, I've already played Dave. Oh wait, you haven't played either of us, have you? No, no. Okay. And you're in the technically you're in the other division. This is fantastic radio, guys. Amazing. Um. Okay, we'll start off our episode the way we always do, and we'll just do a quick catch up with uh, all the goings on around the elite league, um, and also then across the water in the NHL. Uh, starting here locally, um, starting with the Elite League um, and looking at the league uh, rundown. Um, <clears throat> again, only, well, we're, like, some teams are 10 games in, some teams are 8, some 9. Um, and the Giants are in um, with the least games played with 6, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but we'll start at the start and look at the top, um, starting at the first place team, which is the Sheffield Steelers. Sitting with 14 points from 10 games played, followed by the Cardiff Devils in second place with 12 points from 8 games, and the Glasgow Clan in third with 12 points from 8 games also. Five Flyers sit fourth with 11 points from 9 games. Coventry sit in fifth with 10 points from 9 games. Giants sit in sixth with 8 points from 6 games. Guildford in seventh with 8 points from 9 games. Panthers sit with 7 points from 10 games in eighth place there. And Manchester and Dundee are holding the league up there with uh, nine ga- Manchester with nine games and six points, and Dundee ten point ten ten games played and five points. Um, guys, uh, still early days, still early doors. We're only in October. Um, coming towards the end of October now. Um, thoughts uh, on so far? I think the league's starting to kind of take shape. I think you can start reading a little bit more into the league table now about how teams are playing. Um, we're not just looking at the one or two games now. We're seeing Sheffield now up in double figures, Nottingham also in double figures, along with Dundee. The interesting thing is, like we all know that Challenge Cup wise, we're probably not going to talk too much about it because we're near enough there. I think there was a game last night finishing or near enough finishing off the um sort of group stage of the Challenge Cup. But Dundee, 
are the biggest surprise for me, sitting there propping up the league in tenth. They've given us so much trouble in the Challenge Cup. Yeah. They they've won their Challenge Cup group, but to be sitting last, having played more games than most other teams, I mean that's a real sort it's of turnaround. And, it's a contrast in form, yeah. absolutely. Um, so that's interesting to look at. Um, not surprised to see Sheffield um, and Cardiff sitting in those top spots. Um, would have liked to see Glasgow maybe hold on a little bit longer at the top. Um, they've slipped down to third now. I hope that's not this the like snakes and ladders. I hope they've not just hit a snake there and they're just going to start trailing the way down like they do every season. I'd like to see them sort of really push <clears throat> and stay that little bit higher. Um, the one team you've got to say who will absolutely not be happy with where they're sitting right now is the Nottingham Panthers. Um, that's not a position you want uh, that team sitting in regardless we, games as well yeah we we love it as uh, giants fans but uh i don't know if you guys caught the um interview that their owner neil black did on facebook live with bbc know. sport nottingham or whatever it was um with chris ellis um give chris his due really really good interview tried his best but fans really are not happy there. looking at some of the questions and a large number of the very disgruntled questions were not asked to mr black um but he, he was open and honest enough. I think, unfortunately, I think just the way that he comes across is very grating on the fans. Um, it's interesting to have a watch back of that if, you, if you're if you any way interested in how owners get along with their uh, paying fans. Uh, it's a, a very interesting dynamic that's going on there in Nottingham. Yeah, we've had our own shares of ups and downs with owners as well. So Oh, we have, but let's not go into that okay. right now. Let's not talk about why there's one of my jerseys I can't wear. <laughs> we, um, you know, you're looking there, Sheffield, you were saying there, John, about, you know, obviously they're sitting in, in, in first place there and um, they'll be on good form. Do we take anything from the fact, though, that they're sitting with 14 points from 10 games played, haven't played two games more than every other team, pretty much? Um, with Cardiff sitting there with 12 points from 8 games so they could always take over with yeah. 3 wins you can but you, you talk about games in hand realistically there if Cardiff take their games in hand there's only 2 points in it the same mm. way that there's 2 points in it right now with um, Sheffield sitting with 2 games extra played like yes Cardiff have that potential to go above so do Glasgow uh, on the same points from the same games um, Belfast when you start looking at our games in hand like we're there thereabouts as well if we win our games in hand Rico Bob as well. I think it's too early to start talking about games in hand but yes mm. you're right to bring it up that there is a disparity there yeah I mean you mentioned as well um sorry Dave did you have some no um the, it's been I don't think in my opinion other than uh Glasgow and probably Fife I don't think anybody would be happy with the start of this season um because it's been a bit of a, a battle everyone's taking points off everybody um and I think that you know, with those two exceptions, um, you know, a lot of teams would want those a lot of those games back. Um, Glasgow have been really interesting to watch. Um, they had a really turbulent start to the season, um, and have went on the road for a good a good stretch and have came out of it with pretty good points. And then Fife always uh, are solid at the start of the season, and hopefully they can continue. Uh, yeah. good, a good strong Fife, I think, is always interesting to watch. I mean, if you look at the if you look in even just in the in the the column the win loss columns there, I mean, you you kind of you can see kind of the form that's kind of taken shape, and um, in terms of just like how how teams are playing in terms of even the numbers that the, of the games they have played. I mean, you mentioned they're not are Nottingham sitting there in eighth point. Yeah, there's no way they're going to be happy there with that. What was it, six losses of the no six losses um same same as exactly the same as Man Manchester Storm as well well done these seven losses overall altogether. Can I can I just make a random point? Yes. Whenever we're talking about this, so the way that the table is set out on the Elite League, mm -hmm. so they have wins, overtime wins, losses, overtime, overtime loss, loss, shootout loss. Yeah. That's a really convoluted way of putting that. Yeah. Why is overtime wins in there? I, Who cares? It doesn't matter. 
Yeah, I say it doesn't make sense. It's the overtime they, uh, losses. Is, is, that does, count. It, does the overtime win come to? Uh, does it come into play? Decider. A decider at the end Must of the, at the end of the. the but even at that, when you're looking same... at the league table, it should be away on the far right hand side. What yeah. we should be looking at and the format we should be looking at it is wins, losses, losses overtime losses, overtime losses, losses. Yeah. and then if if they're going to put in their OTW at the end, yeah, yeah. yeah so OT and wins should be away. At the end. It's just, yeah. Sorry, it's just a r- really random, really annoying, simple thing that really shouldn't be there. I think what I think is, I just lost my accreditation again. I think <laughs> I think what is very <laughs> telling though, um, what is very telling, just keep um, just keep them with the stats, um. And what I think is very telling is the when you look at the goals for column and the goals and yeah. and where the goals are coming from. I mean, we not that not the we're not gonna. It's hard not to talk about it because obviously we're, we're Belfast Giants fans ourselves, and there's been a, a number of uh, comments made over the last few weeks, especially over the last past well, this past not last weekend, I think probably the weekend before. Yeah. Anyway, um, and people almost like the sky is falling already for the Belfast Giants, um expecting big things from the team and things aren't being delivered and, and whatever else. And I think there was some even talk of like scrapping season tickets already at this time of the year, yep. which is a bit, you know, come on, ga- come on, you know, whatever. Um, I'm with them guys. Unless this form turns around, my, my card's going in the shredder. But if we <laughs> not look, really, not really. <clears throat> but if we look at the goals for, there's clearly something telling there when you look at the fact that, you know, what six games played, eight points, um, 13 goals. Can I, make, I understand the point that you're making here that yes, we're not scoring goals. You look at the other ones, we're a couple of games behind the likes of Cardiff and we've scored less than half the goals that they have across True. those. But, then but the goals let's against. point out the goals against yeah. though. The goals get like, and this has been the biggest thing on social media. People have been mental having a go at our goaltending situation. If anyone has is in any doubt about how good our netminders are, go and have a look at the Elite League table and look at the goals against. Our netminding duo, um, I'm saying duo, we do have three. Deco hasn't played any uh, minutes hasn't yet. Started, yeah. uh, hasn't started, hasn't played <laughs> any minutes yet. So Stephen Murphy and Shane Owen, across our, um, what, six Elite League games, have only allowed 11 goals against. Yeah. Now, that's pretty good. Yeah. Now, bear in mind that within that, we've got two overtime losses um, and one loss in regulation. Um, that's That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, St- Steve Murphy, just kind of sticking with it because we always do talking to the Giants at the moment, but, you know, um, we talk about it and, and, and Steve Stephen Murphy obviously came on this past weekend um, after what was, start, was a, a very rocky start for, um, yeah, you know, for Shane, for Shane, for Shane on, 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 on the Friday, on Saturday game. Um, and Stephen obviously came in and replaced him and had a, a great performance, Broke, yeah. both yeah. on Saturday night and then Indeed. continued again on Sunday with a, with a save that was... a. Quite an interesting save that or was that Saturday night. That might have been Saturday. Night. Was that Saturday? Night? No, I think the big save Sunday? was on the Sunday. Sunday. That was a big save, and it had to be. It could called, and I think it was only called because I think it went up on replay, and um, I think it was kind of like a. It looked like it went over the line, and the replay made it look different from what it was. It wasn't a goal. That was waved off. But it was waved off. But again, great, great game there. Great performance from Stephen Murphy, and you know people always have wrote him off as being too old or whatever it is. But see with that, that with that goal against. review, I've always said, see that left post. Left post is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously the the now the older statesman in the room, um, but he's always been a fantastic netminder. He's you'd have always I I would have always came down on the side that he was getting a bit too old because he relied on his athleticism to get from post to post because he's not a big guy. Um, but he really has stepped up and something when you were watching Shane, I think I have to say he's been brilliant up to, to now and he had pretty much in my opinion one bad game and it wasn't even a bad game for him. It, he just did, he looked out of sorts. 
he didn't look right at all to yeah. I mean that ended up with I think was it three goals on somewhere around nine or ten shots yeah. in the first seven minutes of the game um, or something so I mean it was it was a, a really bad start whether he just wasn't feeling right um, whatever was going on um, I have seen as well that when he went down the tunnel it was obviously a call from the bench it wasn't a yeah. chain signal and it was a call from the bench he went down the tunnel and um, wasn't best pleased as he went down the tunnel now he came back and sat on the bench yeah. from the second period but the rest of that first period, he was back in the locker room. I'm sure not happy in himself. Seemed to be doing okay on the uh, was it the go karting as well? Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. I just want to point out we're not Facebook stalkers. It's just another Facebook page that one of us happens to follow put a picture of him up. So like we kind of caught that. But John's Facebook stalker. <laughs> right. Thanks, guys. Okay, um, I think that's us for uh, for the local coverage. We'll look, move swiftly across over to the NHL um, and take a wee look at the standings there. It's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we say I usually say like you know we're only a couple of weeks in, but again we've played probably about the same amount of games in the NHL as we've played here in the elite league actually at this point at this stage. So. Um, 10, 11, yeah, they're very quickly going to overtake very, us, though. Very quickly. Uh, we know how quickly these games move um, in the NHL and how, how we kind of go. So uh, we'll take a quick look and we'll see how things are standing um, as we um, as we speak. Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> um, I was trying to load up something there and I kind of completely lost my train of thought. Um, okay, we'll start in the Eastern um, Division and starting in the Metropolitan. Um, sitting there top is Washington, 11 games played and 16 points. In second place, Caroline Caroline Hurricanes with uh, nine games played, 12 points, and Bunch of jerks. Pittsburgh Penguins there, 11 games played, and They're also 12 jerks, points. But for very different reasons. <laughs> In the Atlantic Division then, uh, Buffalo with uh, 10 games played, 17 points. Boston, nine games played, 14 points. And Toronto, 11 games played, 12 points. Uh, in the wildcard spots there, still very early days for wildcard spots, but we'll still mention it anyway. Wildcard spots are taken up by Tampa with nine games played, 11 points, and Florida, nine games played, and 11 points. Um. On the other side of the country then, over in the western side, uh, in the central division, Colorado uh, sitting there on top uh, with nine games played and 11, 15 points. Nashville sitting in second with nine games played and 11 points. Yo. St. Louis sitting there in third with nine games played and 11 points. And over in the Pacific part, Pacific division then, Edmonton sit top with 10 games played and 15 points. Vegas with 11 games and 14 points. And Vancouver with nine games played and 12 points. Wildcard spots there. Uh, still, again, early days. But Anaheim sitting first with 10 games and 12 points. And Arizona with eight games played and 11 points. Um, guys, um, thoughts, opinions, any kind of uh, anything really coming, jumping out at you at the moment for NHL-wise? Fantastic start to the season. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, who fuck? I didn't... <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up, um, Dave, but uh, you know you're sitting there, what, in ninth place in the wild card spots yeah. for your, for your side with uh, nine games played and uh, six, six points. points. Haven't had a really good start. No, even Philly's got more points. Even Philly. Oh, <laughs> Philly. Uh, what have you got? Sixth place there in in our divi- in the division with uh, sixth place. Sorry, in the wild card spots with uh, seven games played and what's that? Seven points. Seven points. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. We did get a shutout the other night, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> for completely other reasons i wonder why you put that one in uh, um, laugh it up fuzzball <laughs> um john obviously happy second yeah good there. start um it's been pretty decent going uh, um looks like saros is going to start taking a few um starts for the preds now sort of moving through i think uh 
getting the start of the season was to let Pekka get bedded in again um, after a pretty abysmal first round loss. He had the season with injury, didn't he, as well? Yeah, he did. He wasn't 100% healthy and he wasn't injured, injured, yeah. but he wasn't 100% healthy either. Um, but Saros is the Saros is the future in Nashville. Um, so the more starts he gets, the happier I am. Yeah. Um, I mean, some some teams there are some surprising. I think there's some surprising names up there um, at the moment. Um, whether or not they stay there throughout the season, I think will be something to be to, you know be, um, to see. I suppose awful harsh to say about Toronto as a Toronto. Well, fan. no, Toronto is exactly where I expect them to be at this time of year. They always sit in that third place spot, and they pretty much just ride on that spot the whole way through the season. They don't tend to move anywhere from that spot. Like the last three seasons that we've been recording this pod, last three seasons that we've recorded this podcast. It's either been second or third place the whole way through yeah. the season. Uh, apart from that, the year Austin Matthews started with us, which was two years ago now, and we were in first place for I think up until maybe about Christmas time, and then we dropped down under Boston. Yeah, then he second. stopped. Then he stopped scoring goals. You're not complaining, excuse me. He's in your uh, fantasy hockey team. No, he is, and he's scoring loads of goals right now. So you're happy. Quite happy, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but um, some names, some teams. I suppose the ones that jumped out at me <clears throat> um, is a bit of like a, a jump back to performance. I suppose and it's a bit of like where they kind of should be. First off, probably Washington is one sitting there in first place in the Metropolitan Division. Um, you know, last year Washington kind of went nowhere. Um, yeah. they kind of disappeared off the face of the planet last year. I don't know what happened after their Stanley Cup win. It was just a complete, I think, train wreck of season last year for Washington. And Pittsburgh, even last year as well, didn't make the playoffs, did they? Make the playoffs? I don't think they did make the playoffs last year. I think was it one of those ones where can't remember. Pittsburgh as well. I feel had like a, if they didn't, we would have talked about it a lot. I think they had a really, <laughs> but they had a bad season too. I mean, an, another surprising one is obviously currently obviously Florida. The Panthers sitting there in a wild card spot. Now that's not going to stay. If it stays or not, I don't know. It's still early days. Wild card spot. If it but- stays that way, I will buy a Panthers jersey <laughs> and wear it at every game next season in the Ooh, SSE. Wow, I'm not even Panthers. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> grip yourself, man. I was like, what? <laughs> let's not get too. Let's not go above ourselves there. Um, and the other one, I suppose, over, looking at the other side of the country, over on the western side, um, Edmonton. Started off season is yeah. quite strong. They're they're the biggest ones for me. Seeing the Oilers back on form yeah. a little bit, um, it's it's good to see because I think it's good for McDavid. Yeah, um, I think it's good that he's finally got the team that he needs. And this is the problem with I think the modern draft system that essentially these massive talents are coming in. Now, don't get me wrong as well. He's signed a contract now. He's well it's outside of his rookie contract. Yeah. He signed a, yeah. a pro contract with them now. Quite um, a long one as well. For yeah. But he's, yeah, big one. And he's initial, locked in for seven years or something, initially I think. I think, yeah, seven or eight. Yeah. Seven or eight years. So, I mean, he's going to be playing there for a good while, but it's good that the team is obviously starting to put the rest of the squad around him. Yeah. Um, They've brought in, I think, a couple of defensemen this year. A um, couple of big trades through yeah. the off season kind of brought them in, which is why the joke of the off season was, uh, in all of the uh, things about like you know what do, what do the Oilers need to do, and all the jokes over the off season were just get just get him some friends. That's all he needs. <laughs> yeah, McDavid just needs some friends. Just get him some, and that's all. It was. And actually, it looks like they've got him some. Yeah, um, and I think there's they're definitely performing well. I think the biggest yeah. thing is just getting guys that can skate with him. Yeah, and know what he's going to do. Have the right hockey mind that they understand how he's going to play. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, as well, it's it's not like he's skating sixty minutes every game because he's not. It's not just about him. Yeah. Um, same way in Toronto, it's not all about Matthews. He is scoring it's a lot not. of points. Well, he is scoring a lot of points. Well, he's not the captain, is he? No, he's not. No. Um, Tavi got that nod. He did indeed. Um, obviously, we don't know. Well, we. He didn't flash his backside. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that really takes us to the end of our 
introduction part or warm-up yes. shall we say um we'll get swift if we've got nothing else we'll move into our period one of hockey sounds good let's go let's go okay period one of hockey is a roundup of all of the local stories and coverage from around the uk um guys we don't really have much this um this well actually i say we don't have much but uh john you've put in quite a bit actually it looks as of today we have one story that we've accredited to john in the running order but let's be honest every it was single, kind of in there every single one of us tried to get it in <laughs> yeah. john just got in there before even, we did even the fans tried to get it in i think he must have got it before we even knew about it because it was in <laughs> there i seen it i went okay let's get it in yeah, see to I be honest guys there. there's there's certain things that come with being accredited it's not even that no i found it on twitter facebook i was just the first facebook. person facebook facebook yeah <laughs> Um, it's my Twitter sphere, so you know. Twitter sphere, stock, <laughs> Um So we'll go with it. We'll obviously just start off with this story. Um, and John, I'll let you introduce it because you put it in there and I won't say it from you. Yeah, okay. Um, so this was the news that broke um, today that the Elite League has. Was it today? It was yesterday, was it? Was it? Yeah, it was yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah. yeah. All right, okay. It was yesterday then. Um, that the Elite League which, have... Which doesn't really matter on a podcast. Really doesn't. <laughs> we haven't actually dated the podcast, but whatever. just made me Go. look like an absolute fool for like 20 seconds, but cheers. Um, Is that not the jo- job of the podcast? To make John look like a fool? Mm. I thought that was, that was the... This was the whole concept intention. of the podcast. <laughs> it was. Yes. What can we do? Um, sorry, friend, I'm going back to Yeah, you. sorry. So going back to what yeah. we're actually talking about. Um, the Elite League have confirmed that they've made um, roster changes for the... 2020-21 um, season and going forward the main implications of this are that there's going to be uh, bigger changes on uh, things like maximum bench, bench size uh, and import numbers um, so main changes as put down by the league are that the maximum bench strength for any particular game will go from 19 outskaters and 3 netminders to 17 plus 3 um, the existing rule regarding under 23 players who get to step up uh, and play um, we'll now move to 25 and under. Um, so that was about the um, the requirement on teams to ice players on the or have players on the bench that were um, 23 uh, and up. That's now been upped to 25. Um, I think that's probably in a reaction to the aging GB uh, pool of players that are there. Uh, the number of imports on the bench is set at 13. That's the same as it is at the minute. Um, and the minimum bench strength required to start a game increases from 12 skaters and 2 netminders to 14 skaters and 2 netminders. Um, so obviously that's looking at uh, sort of maximum bench sizes, uh, or minimum bench sizes, sorry, uh, before they go through. Um, interestingly then, another um, change that was brought in before we sort of discuss it, I want to bring this one in because I think this is the key change which has been made here, is that um, teams will be limited to a total number of 18 import players in any one season. Uh, an additional 19th import signing may be allowed if a change is related in relation to a netminder. So that's, I think, the biggest change out of everything. Yes, the, the age limit change from 23 to 25 has an impact, but I think that import signing thing has the biggest impact. So the Nottingham Panthers, Sheffield Steelers swinging revolving, revolving door, door buses in and out of the airport that's no longer a thing so for me before i throw it over to you to have a chat about i think this is looking at parity and spending within the league yeah i think this is rather than looking at the disposable import that can come in for six weeks get paid go away again for big games they're looking specifically at how teams with a lower budget can compete against the bigger budget teams and to me i think this is a great thing 
Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I would agree. Um, especially when it comes to the import thing. Um, I think the nineteen import maximum thing and the whole thing around that. I I would agree with you that it means that the coaches need to seriously think and consider in the off season what they're going to do because, as you mentioned, there's no more of this. Uh, they're not performing. Let's kick them. Let's find someone else. There's there's less of that. So it's very interesting that way. The second positive thing I'm taking from it is that from a purely from a, a GB hockey um, development point of view, by making sure that you're, you've got a bigger pool of players that you can pick from, it makes players that are over the age of 23 still, you know, relevant because I think the idea was that um, if, when players became over that age, they became all, almost irrelevant to teams and teams that maybe look at them as much. Whereas now, because you've got up the options of up to 25 or you have to think of up to 25, it increases that more. And all it really does is to just really develop the game more for GB, um, which I think is a very positive thing. Um, Dave, you look like you were going to yeah, say something. I, um, I kind of disagree. Um, the maximum bench size being reduced really takes the foot off the gas on British players um, because you're now skating the same number of imports but have a, a lower number of skaters on your yeah. team. Well, no, this is that you have to take that in combination with the rule on the icing of the young British players. Yeah, but so you're, but you're four maximum. line four line hockey is still so it's it's in this thing here. You can still so have four line, line hockey as long as the other lines are made up of the. Br- but you're going to have to yeah. make up the bench size. Yes, but the the maximum bench is seventeen. Yep, players plus three, so you are reducing. The number of total players and you're, but you're reducing the number of imports not the brits yeah no but that's um the, all that will mean is that because you're reducing that that 17 they're not saying you can't field all 13 imports in that bench of 17 mm-hmm. so you can still have the same number of imports playing so you're actually reducing the number of brits who can play in any given night because they haven't reduced the import um character with that if they should, what they should have done there is reduce the imports by the same number that they have reduced the bench by see i've said it's, it's still the same i maybe have that wrong it just says the number of imports is set at 13 i, I might be it, wrong it might actually be higher at the minute i still think it was 13 um we would season. have to check that it's um, interesting like we look at all that and i do want to throw it over because on twitter we did have somebody who sort of threw this story at us and asked a question and it was matthew Patton who asked us what the thoughts are on the new team sizes for the Elite League. And he asked, will the product on ice suffer? Or will it mean that the so-called Big Four teams will have better wages uh, and a bigger pool of players than having, uh, with having, say, now he suggests this amount of about 30 or 40,000 pounds spare or dollar spare. Um, which actually, thinking about it, is he's not wrong. With the setting of the import limit, the changing of the um, bench sizes, yes, the teams with the bigger spending power now have more money to spend on their imports. So do we see more Darcy Murphys starting to come in these one-off big... Well, sorry, don't get me wrong. Darcy Murphy probably wasn't the most expensive player that we had there. I, I don't necessarily know if it's going to change the amount of money that they're going to spend on the players that they're spending already. I don't you think... hope not. Because I, I think what, what's happening at the moment is that for the likes of... Well, not the name teams, but let's... Well, let's just name a team because I have to because I want to use an example. Let's look at Sheffield is one of the examples because we're actually about to do a story on Sheffield and mm-hmm. about a change, another change they've made only within this month. I think it's the second change they've made this in the last three weeks, I think, in, in terms of... Well, the last two podcasts we've yeah, spoken last, about it. We've talked about um, international bringing in new players. I mean, the likelihood is, you know, obviously if they're letting a player go and they're taking them out of their contract, they're not 
pen off that full number of contract there's obviously some kind of negotiation part where they kind of pay like an off fee like to kind of reduce them from the contract early i think but you're, they're, they're going to use the money they're going to be using the same amount of money anyway that they're probably using anyway for that person's contract for a new player anyway so there's not really is there going to be much change you know what i mean I mean, we're coming to the will, season. I think the point is that the number of imports that you can sign in a season is being set at 18 yeah. and potentially 19 if you have to bring in another netminder. So the fact that this whole swinging, revolving door signing can't happen anymore yeah. means that coaches and GMs are going to have to properly do their homework on not only impact players, but players who can see out the season mm-hmm. and players that they've got the confidence to see out the season with. Now, with reducing the bench size you're potentially looking at now they don't have to bring in their full allocation of imports what they can do is spend more money bearing in mind that they're going to be set at 13 uh, imports and then playing 17 plus 3 imports to brits they can spend higher on yeah. one or two imports why wouldn't and they? i think i know you're saying that, yeah. they, that you hope they wouldn't but why wouldn't they? if you well, that's the thing were, the big four bucket yeah the the big four have that flexibility to spend that little bit more. And I'm not yeah. saying... We we know in Belfast we don't have the same spending power as the likes of Sheffield. Um, the same way that we know the likes of Fife don't have the same spending power that we have here in Belfast. But it's opening it up to each team. that And the goalposts... Don't get me wrong. The goalposts are changing for every team in the same way. But that spending power comes with it the same limits because of the numbers that they're being set. And because of this import signing limit been set at 18 that gives these teams the ability then to go out and spend that little bit more on that higher bigger name that potentially up till this season they haven't looked at because they can't afford it because they're looking at future signings and bringing in people for injury cover and all the rest of it they're forward planning how to spend that money Mm. later if they're limited to this and the bench size goes down because of injuries and they can't bring someone else in there's no point in holding that money in reserve go spend it I do think that the the elite league is not missing, but should be bringing in more of an enforcement of a um, a transfer ban, you know, end in the transfer window um, within the elite league season because we seem to not we go by the NHL's one, which is geared up to the, their playoff, which is later, yeah, um, where we should be having ours earlier, um, so that we could, you know, almost stop with that limit. So what happens if? Um, you're leading up to the playoffs you're realised right we're near the end of the season we haven't spent our allocation for our roster I wonder who's free at the minute mm-hmm. and bringing in a couple of big names just before playoffs now that I've never seen that happen but you know people could get tactical with their spending um, I would like them to see only being able to recruit post-injury you know have a roster fix that roster and then only being able to recruit post-injury um, I don't think that would be enforceable and I can't see the teams agreeing to that either though no, I know they wouldn't. But well, that's what the I, only just, the only I, one that they seem to have that caveat written in for is netminders. I think that's a great idea, though. I agree with yeah. you. I think that'd be a great idea to have it like a set that, and then or, or even more along lines like set windows where they can only do the trades or yeah. the, the purchases in set mm-hmm. windows. Yeah, the same whereas as current, yeah, it was like, like yeah, and those kind of but like, bare, those kind of sports because right now basically what you're finding is like by the time it comes to like uh, like we we talked about this last last podcast where um, Sheffield decided after what was it, three games we're like no he's not performing he's only got, he's only give us like three points out of four games or whatever and you're like that's 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 re- really that's ridiculous that's really tight, and then they kick them and then you're yeah, like, I have a, could have a cold so, yeah. <laughs> like you just think yourself it's not well first of all it's a bit heartless but secondly it's a bit it's a bit quick you yeah. know and if you're kind it of is, doing that yeah. throughout the season and you just decide right let's do it let's do it let's do it let's but do it now bear, bear just, in mind it gets a bit redundant bear in mind though you're talking about having windows and signing windows and everything this is putting a huge 
amount more pressure on the coaches and GMs to do this in the off season. Yes, yeah. agreed. So we are, while not getting it in name, we're getting it by de facto. We're getting the pressure on signing within a certain window because yeah. the coaches and the GMs and the teams still have to come on the first day of the season, whether it's Challenge Cup, whether it's um, League, whatever it is that we happen to be playing in, they've got to come with a team ready to play on day one. So they've got to have a team signed. Yeah. So I think we're not getting what you want, but I think we're getting towards it. And I think it's probably about as close as we're going to get in the Elite League because bear in mind, we also react to the signings in Europe. Yeah. And we have to react to those because we're looking at the guys who are not getting those DEL, Del 2 contracts. Like, that's the guys that we're looking at. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay. Um, anybody else have anything on this before we move on to our next topic? No, it'll be really interesting to see how it pans out going forward. I could I could almost see a change before the start of next season, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it will be uh, be interesting, obviously, if, it's, if it is reviewed again. But um, at this time, it, it looks like an interesting, intri- in- intriguing, shall we say, um, addition to um, next year's um, league regulations and stuff. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. One thing I would say is, isn't it awful nice to see something black and white from the Elite League? Yeah, <laughs> I, I still stand that the media output this year from the league has been the best has it's it? ever been really? and I've got to put it down it's not me brown nosing again it's down to Luke mm-hmm. uh, while he might be fairly terrible at answering his emails I bet yours all go to the junk uh, true yeah as yeah. we found out um, well it's not me it's whoever set up our emails Aaron they're all going to everyone junk mail uh, that's just because all that rubbish keeps in it just says John from door 14 straight to junk um, <laughs> stop sending photographs of your junk and it will <laughs> um, I've lost my train of thought thank you very much um, yeah I think it's all the media output is all down to look um and I think he should be applauded for what he's managing to do with the Elite League and with their um, their actual press offering now, which is fantastic. Okay, um, John, we'll stay with you. You have the last parts of this uh, period as well, so we'll stick with you. you yep, um, so this then, we were just talking about it before, we talked about this revolving door hockey, which hopefully will start to stop from next season, but it continues for the rest of this season in Sheffield. Uh, they've just released their backup, in inverted commas, uh, Czech goalie Pavel Kantor, who played five games through the start of the season, uh, 283 minutes, facing 122 shots, conceded 21 goals, uh, save percentage 82.8 almost. Um, <laughs> goals, I've got to be fair, when I read this, I went, yeah, I can understand why you've let him go. Mm. Goals against average of 4.45, which is not good. No. Um, yeah. that's, that is fairly unacceptable for any team. Uh, if you're getting... Even like especially one of the big four, you you can't have a netminder, even a backup netminder who's sitting at I think Dicko's probably higher than four point four five at this point. Well, well he's definitely he's definitely <laughs> higher than that right now. <laughs> sitting on the bench, he's gonna have a great percentage. Yeah, so so coach Aaron Fox uh, has decided to throw him out, um, pass him, put him out the door. Um, to be fair, they've had some fairly good results through uh, Duba, although he has had a couple of howlers as well. Um, but they they think that Thomas Duba is going to be their guy going forward for the rest of the season. Uh, it's interesting that through the, um, the the article that's on their website, Aaron Fox does make the point that they will be looking for another import netminder to come in and back up Duba. So they are sticking to the, the dual import yeah. netminder situation. I, I think the Neat League is at the stage now where you need to have three netminders in any given you know weekend um, because... 
look at us. Last well, week, yeah, I mean that's you know. that's the point. It sucks unless you've got uh Stephen Murphy, yeah. a Ben Bounds, or a Jackson Muzzle. Even even a Thomas Murdy. Well, Tom Murdy, absolutely yeah, fantastic. You know, but you need... I mean, those guys aren't going to move. Or... We know we know fine rightly Ben Bounds is never going to move away from Cardiff oh, yeah. at this point. He's there. Right. But, but let's might... not open that can of worms again. But you might get a, a Thomas Murdy moving somewhere else. You know, it's... you might, yeah. Um, but he like the I thought it was a weird way to go at the start of the season. Because the the two guys looked very similar, um, mm-hmm. in style and stuff. When you were like looking at, looking at interviews, and um, it would be, I thought they might have went with somebody. I we I thought they were going to stick with us, so stick with us with somebody else backing them up. Um, you know, three netminders. Do do, right, but, thinking about that, then bearing that in mind, do you think Wes is kicking himself at this point? Do you think Wes, or I maybe that, maybe he's not kicking himself? It's obviously the team that moved him on. So he, is he looking at that situation? Right now in Sheffield and going, Told you so. it didn't work out. Yeah, why didn't you keep me? I don't know because I don't. I don't know if he would have. I don't, yeah, I don't know. He probably wouldn't have started as many games as Cantor. No, but I think if he had have started them, he probably would have done better. Um, it, it, I think that the issue there is is that um a lot of the international netminders, especially new to the league, <laughs> struggle with the idea of day one is playoffs. Yeah, you know, it's the they are used to you know having a game that's. You know, almost first of the season is like almost like a friendly. You know, they're if they are they are competitive games, but they don't matter as much uh, in the long term. You know, two points isn't as critical because they're looking at playoff position, not league trophies. They're not looking at number one. They're maybe looking at top eight, um, mm. and you know that's it's a hard thing to switch to, especially when you move. And as much as people get told, this is the you know, this is the most important thing in the world. You need to win every game. You know, they've been playing this game for years you know they're not going to automatically switch on to that mentality unless you've been in the league and I think you would have got a bit of that with us um, being there so he might have performed a bit better but started less games yeah agreed yeah. Um, okay um, John one last story sticking still with you yeah um, weirdly this has become the Sheffield Steelers podcast for some reason um, tonight but um, this, what, this is a good story um, so uh, the Sheffield Steelers um, captain and GB captain Jonathan Phillips will hit his 1,000th EIHL game this weekend um, be, and he becomes the first uh, player in the Elite League era to hit 1,000 games. Um, that can only be commended. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's fantastic. And he still plays a significant amount of minutes. Like he's not. Oh yeah. He's not holding back by any stretch. You know, he doesn't hold back. You look at him in the World Championships. Uh-huh. He was instrumental in not only getting that team to top flight, but keeping them in top yeah. flight no, as well. He and he is year on year out one of the top um, players that Sheffield have, and there's a reason that they keep him there every year. Um, so, yeah, it's just a, a quick little yeah. mention, quick stick tap. It's. Um, it's well worth it. We're going to talk about another uh, another player in period two who's reached the same accolade, but in a different league. In different league. Oh, wonder, I wonder if uh, he's going to get the same sort of uh, same sort of little gift from the uh, Steelers. I was going to say Steelers. I went all Sean Connery there. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he'll get something similar from the Steelers. The, um, if I remember correctly, something was last weekend as well. The Devils put up Joey Martin. Yes, and they put up God love him. So I love the response from the Giants. I'm just going to mention it because it, I, I seen it and I, I did laugh. It did make me laugh. It was the one of like uh, where they put up the greatest of all time. They put up so goat. What under- was the, it was the points. Well, they they call him goat all the time. Yeah. So he, he he beat a record for the Devils franchise of like, most most points most points, points for most, the Devils yeah, yeah. franchise. Uh, whatever it was, and the the Giants came back with. 
cute. <laughs> like, that's, that's cute with a photo of Colin Shields. Shields. It's really funny. <laughs> it's really good. It's good trolling. Um, I really appreciate it. But I yeah, do. The, I do think fun. the Giants game has stepped up as well in social media. Um, they do have became a bit of a wind up merchant of a team, but it's uh, it's very interesting. It's <laughs> love it. fun. Love it. Um, okay, I think that takes us to the end of period one. Oh no, we have one, just one last bit because yes. obviously we, we yep. now keep. So only the only last one we want to talk about is uh, our penalty box segment within our period one. So those in the penalty box within period. So each period we now move the penalty box into each period for anybody who didn't know. Um, so our penalty box is just uh, stories or uh, penalties or quick shoutouts, quick shoutouts, penalties, bans, hits, yeah, whatever that have happened within each of those um, in each of the places. So period one, obviously looking at the, the, those that happened in the UK. Uh, only one to mention, um, I think you know for this for this period is the recent uh, review by Dops of Jesse Forsberg from the Belfast Giants, who received a one game ban uh, for sleuth footing, uh, which he served this past Sunday versus the Manchester Storm um, from the night before. Yep. Um, I think it was. Quite an obvious, yeah. quite an easy call, it make. Was by far the most obvious slew foot I've seen, if not ever, this year. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the third slew footing call this yep. year by Dops. It looked the most dangerous, in my opinion. It did look quite dangerous. Um, But again, at least there was consistency there in yeah. that it solid was only call. So, solid call. It was also well, like, no, one game on. ban, which say, is the same as the rest of them. consistency. There's consistency from Dops, 100%. I'll give you that. There's absolutely consistency from Dops. The refereeing of it, though, on the night, was terrible. Wasn't that called on the night? It, it was called, called the slash. and they called it as, I think, a trip. It was a trip. And then there was, I don't know if you guys remember, at the game, there was a whole uh, stoppage for two or three minutes yes, while the referees yeah, stopped. Yeah. They brought the linos over. Um, like, it was pretty clear um, what it was at the time, and it took them forever. I think that they were looking They were looking at the possibility of kicking him out, um, which is what probably should have happened. Um, I, know, I would have my, to, go, to get my teal spectacles off for two seconds, but I'm you know. I would have to go back, but I'm nearly convinced he only sat for two minutes. Yeah, yeah. as a minor. Um, so and it, it in was, it was, my was mind, that means that Manchester have requested supplementary, yeah, supplementary discipline. It was so they've obviously applied for that. And so I that think it means a poor call from the yeah. referees on the night no. on one and of the most dangerous plays you can have on the ice. Funny enough, before you guys, before you, before you got here, me and Dave were talking, and we were saying about actually how this past weekend, actually, I thought the ref and. Yeah, I didn't think it was, was all that bad. It wasn't as bad as what it's been previously. And actually, some calls this weekend, I was like, I was actually surprised. But like, for example, I was sending Dave the one that got me, and I was like, actually, they they got it spot on. There. Actually, they actually picked up for the first, like for the first time in a long time. Was that uh, goal no goal of um, Jordan Smotherins on Sunday, where the uh, in the last two minutes of the game, where the Manchester Storm removed pulled their pulled their netminder and um, Smoke pulled down penalty called and it would have been a penalty shot obviously there was no goalie in the nets that couldn't replace the goalie so therefore it was an automatic goal was yep. awarded which for the first time usually I remember previously where we've had refs being all like what do we do, do, we do here <laughs> scratching their head be like, we've, we've, we've had referees who don't play overtime <laughs> yeah I know so and I was thinking to myself you know what but yeah I generally think the consistency over the, the past weekend was was relatively okay, but yeah, that was a, a call that should have been picked up, I think. Without naming names, you say the refereeing was better. Who wasn't there? Carry on. Oh. <laughs> um, but I think that with that then, that brings us definitely this time to the end of our period <laughs> one of hockey. Well, one thing, just one yes. last thing to mention. Yes. Penalty box. Yes. Jordan Smotherman, absolutely feeding your man his dinner. Oh, oh the yeah. fight, yeah. On the fight, Saturday game. Was pretty good. If you haven't seen it, it's on the likes of British Hockey Fights on Twitter and everything. It's well worth it. He just absolutely feeds him. It undresses him in the middle of the ice. It was really, yep. un- really uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that takes us to the end of period one and we'll move swiftly on to period two. Oh. 
Hello and uh, welcome to Period 2. This is where we'll talk about uh, hockey from around the world. Um, and we'll start, as usual, with our uh, hockey and history. And this one isn't a international store. Well, technically it is international. But seven years ago this week, me and Marty were in Lanshut. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's all about you guys. I don't know where this is going, are Um So, one of my best away experiences I've ever had. Um, and I think the guys from A View From The Bridge were talking about their trip um, whenever they were over and I thought it's worth a mention. Um, it was just, wasn't for wins on the ice because the Giants just done what they needed to. Um, and But as an experience, it was unreal. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's if anybody doesn't get away to a European game, um, they're missing out. So next time you see the Giants going away, get yourself on to uh, a flight and see a game because it's uh, European hockey is just different. Um, than you see in the Elite League. Um, it's so much fun. The fans are unreal. Fans are intimidating sometimes, but they are, um, they're only intimidating usually during the game, um, and that's because they're supporting their team. Um, some of the some of the nicest. When they come to Belfast there. and they're chanting through the middle of Bel- uh, yeah, through yeah. the streets, that they can be intimidating. Yeah, so but they, they, they'll buy you a drink. They'll sit and chat to you. You know, it's it's good crap. It was our it was our first ever European trip, and mm-hmm. it was uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was a it was a great trip, and. Uh, yeah, it was it was an experience. Um, Free, freezing your butt off talking to Adam Key for the box on his head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give my two cents worth to Doug Christensen and yeah. make it look like he was actually listening to me. Which funny, a few years later, and I have another photo of you um, giving um, Thorps a piece my, of your mind. Yeah. Uh, seems to be a thing that happens in Europe in Germany. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it was a great. It was that was a great, uh, great trip. And seven years ago, it's crazy. Years. Doesn't it feel like a million years now? But... It feels like such a long time ago. But yeah. Um, um, oh, nice flashback. Yeah, it just it just doesn't adjust. Um, okay, so I will fire on to to Marty. Um, he's got a few bits for um, the NHL chat about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my main story is just this last week. Um, two pieces that came out of we we we've been talking about this NHL um, Seattle franchise. What seems like for ages now for for a couple of years. Um, obviously now we're we're kind of in the the final run ups to. Um, the, the Seattle franchise doing their their, their, their draft picks and, and the naming of the team and everything else. This past week, not only were the... Well, it wasn't mentioned, it's not in this piece, but the, the, the final five names of this NHL Seattle franchise have been decided. Oh, have days. But no one knows yet. The only people that know... The only, the only, yeah. the only place that knows No it. one knows the last the final five. Apart from, the, apart from those, the, the, the board, the only ones who know the final five, the only other person that knows or the only other people who know are the people who put those five names into a uh, time capsule, which is now being placed inside the uh, foundation. I thought he was going to go, and the only other person that knows is me! Is me. <laughs> <Yeah>. I wish. <laughs> Door 14 <But> exclusive. <laughs> the the uh, main story that came out this week, uh, which had a lot of people kind of almost fainting with a kind of, shall we say, shock, um, is the the announcement of the, um, the, the amount of money that a 44-game package season ticket for this franchise will cost you if you decide to become a season ticket holder in the 2,600 best seats. Haven't they the already game. signed up for season tickets? The sort of no, so they, they had a pre they had a pre interest in this. Okay, um, and people obviously put it in pre interest that they would be. But interested I think there was in also it. there was also a deposit no scheme. There was no co- okay. I think there was a deposit no. scheme was done. Was no deposit scheme. It was people who was. were interested. When the last story that we talked about was Vegas people who did were a in that. deposit with theirs. Vegas did a deposit. These guys haven't. So the costs will range from $12,540 <laughs> to $15,620. Wee buns. Wee buns. It's really buns, easy. Yeah. Um, this, it's, it's, it's worth, you could say it's a shock. Um, 
it's a big whack for money um but they aren't too big compared to some of the other biggest ones the biggest one is they'll be in there with some of the biggest names in terms of um i think they'll become like the sixth um highest number um for season tickets follow behind following behind new york chicago washington denver philadelphia las vegas um all having the top spots for uh their vip top priced seat season tickets um remember the vegas ones were the whole thing around best seats in the house you got that gold uh, mm. you got that gold uh, jacket and we've seen quite a few of those when yeah, we were in Vegas oh, right? mm. there's was, was quite a few there um, that's being said so they're called club level seats I think is what they're usually called um, um, and it's quite high but um, quite, a, quite a big amount of money but they're looking at obviously then um, they're looking at how much it would be for general season ticket prices or general tickets for seat prices um, throughout the games for like upper or lower and stuff like that so they were looking at the starting the low as fifty pound per night per seat. Fifty um, bucks a night yeah. for their lowest end season ticket is insane. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. And they the piece goes on to talk about like comparing that to some other ones. So the lower end of the table, you've got uh, the likes of Anaheim, thirteen fifty a night. So it's almost four times more expensive than going to see the Ducks. Uh, fourteen seventy for the abs. We've talked about this before. That there's a huge difference. There's a between... huge disparity in ticket yeah. prices. Like oh, massive, I, yeah, yeah. I'm really sorry. Like Marty, when I went to Toronto, there was absolutely no way yeah. I was paying the stupid money to stand behind a pillar, um, to watch the Leafs. The cheapest tickets for a game night were something like 130 quid or something for we like Vegas, we somewhere what, I was going to get a nosebleed and needed crampons to get to. Oh, <laughs> we don't know who's listening. <laughs> one one dollar twenty. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah. What, okay, we talked about the seats. You're right because I mentioned the seats obviously in the last podcast we recorded because I was saying about obviously my trip hopefully happening and the prices there. But if you look at the season tickets, I mean, let's look at the, the highest number, the highest amount for the season ticket. Why is it in this piece? And that obviously comes from the Washington Capitals who are charging £23,760 for their VIP season tickets near ice level. Um, like you to kiss over Flyers, this. Colorado <laughs> are charging 15400 for their top ones. Um, and 14,000, so Colorado's 14,300 and Flyers are charging 15,400. That's nearly as much as a Sheffield Steelers season ticket. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I bet, I bet those NHL teams get all the games as part of their season ticket. <laughs> um, the wor- was it not a 44 game package? Means they're missing a few. <laughs> probably are lower the lower end Jesus, season tickets. Do you think this is the Sheffield Steelers who gave them that program? How to work by? <laughs> Um, but they, yeah, they were saying about how. So what? What was more interesting? I think what, what people, what couple people's eye was that Seattle actually are requiring you to have a commitment to I your seat. This. So while not only do you have, can you sign up for your season ticket, you can't take it for one year. You have to have a minimum of three year commitment Whoa. to your seats. So anyone who's wanting to buy the rubbish two tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. It should be on um, performance related uh, ticket. Keep in mind, most people will buy two two tickets uh, yeah. rather than one ticket. Um, so if you're buying two such tickets, because um, you obviously won't want to sit alone, you're talking about money in the guts the guts of seventy five thousand and ninety three thousand pounds for sure. Wee buns, wee buns. <laughs> sure, I don't so, need that new house. Um, <laughs> I, so yeah, college funds for kids. Um, yeah. But I have no doubt that um, given how you know how long people have been waiting for this Seattle franchise I have no doubt they'll probably end up selling a load of those anyway I don't think they'll have any problems probably probably not probably right yeah they've been crying out for that franchise um, so I doubt they'll have any issues selling those season tickets 
Um, still mental though. That is a bit crazy. What's, how much does a giant season ticket get you per game? How much would a game cost then? I think we worked out it's just over a tenner. Ten pound fifty or something. Tenor. Just over a so tenner. Fifteen per game. Yeah, with a season yeah. ticket. So I mean, yeah. Like I went to see uh, Florida. Not saying that that's a great idea, but let's see Florida play the, um, play Tampa Bay, and I paid ten dollars for my ticket. Yeah, what, I think in Montreal price? I paid like fourteen dollars for a ticket, and then in Ottawa I think they were I think someone gave me money. <laughs> like, a, please come in. And I'm really certain I got a free T-shirt when I went. To... Oh, I got a free T-shirt in uh, in, <laughs> uh, in uh, Ottawa. Yeah. So well, that's how hard up they are in Florida to get you to come in. The so most I, expensive I paid... part of me getting uh, to the game in Ottawa was uh, the bus there. <laughs> I, I got so I got a basically I walked out what I did was pay for a t-shirt for ten dollars to go what and then got a free ice hockey game <laughs> yeah. what have you done with the t-shirt I, I think, have no idea it's in there somewhere <laughs> I think what the fear is here because there seems to be a trend at the moment that, um, which was, was was also mentioned is that um, they're, 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 a lot of teams a lot of the big teams as well have talked about this um, a lot of yeah, I've talked about the saturation point that's happening at the moment where they've sold as many season tickets as they can, but actually they're not selling out the arenas. Okay. So they're worried that there's a saturation point going to come where they're going to have to focus on, you know, how much their prices are actually going to be and maybe potentially dropping them. So the fact that Seattle's coming in at this price and saying three years, I'd say they probably relook at that and they'll probably end up going to, for a year. But that, that's it. You're going to get the the sort of honeymoon period where people in the city are going to be happy to pay that spend an and to get a like ticket. you're saying Dave a big part of that is going to come down to how that team performs yeah. like, I'm really sorry but this city is looking at expansion like Vegas mm-hmm. what they're more likely to get is expansion like the Wild and the Preds like you're yeah. talking Years. four, five, six, seven seasons before you're going to start seeing any real results don't get me wrong I would love to see another Vegas yeah. happen i can't see it though yeah. no. because well, the teams for the when you get to the expansion draft yeah. the teams the 31 existing teams are going to play that smarter yeah and i don't think you're going to get a squad like what you had that first season vegas golden knights i think it's got a lot of really good veteran talent yeah um, which what wasn't protected because they, they they assumed and obviously incorrectly that vegas would have been going for younger players looking at a longer term you know six to ten years yeah. um where obviously the weren't they were what they did was immediate. sell that franchise on existing talent yeah. and Names they sold they could, their tickets based on, on that yeah. as well and it just happened that success came with that yeah yep. i don't think like, we're going to see that in seattle yeah guys like flurry they were looking at guys that had mountains of talent and mountains of uh sort of charisma that could be a face and they've done that with buckets of their team yeah, yeah loads of their team yeah, mm-hmm. yeah massively so um we'll see how it goes it's going to be really interesting to watch seattle as it as it trundles on um so we'll move on to to john he's here to talk about his favorite player in the world yeah, my favourite player in the world. I quite like that this, um, on the running order, this came under my name, but Only I don't remember again, writing this. Again, I put it in under your name because I didn't want the whole, me putting it in under my name and then John to come out and go, oh, I said this in our group. I actually had this story. No, so no, no, I, I didn't put, put this you. in the group. You did. I, I spoke to you at the game about it last no, weekend. No, I'm pretty sure, did you not send this in the group? Nope, okay. I showed you. Well, anyway, I didn't want to take away. Same thing. Same, same thing. Yeah. It's still my story. He still would have moaned. He just talked talking about this guy. No, no, no. We talked um, (laughs) earlier on in the the podcast about Jonathan Phillips here in the Elite League hitting his thousandth EIHL game. Um, Over in the NHL, uh, another guy has hit the thousand, and it was Phil Kessel uh, this last weekend, hit his 1,000th pro NHL game, uh, currently playing with the Yotes. Um, gotta say the best part of this whole story is I love that Yotes third jersey it's yep. one of the best things ever 
But uh, did you see what the team got him? Was it the, did they get him the watch? Uh, I think they got him the watch and they got him the silver stick. Oh, I thought the silver stick was presented from the NHL. Is it this team that does I it? Think the, oh. I think the... I think the Sorry, I think you're right, actually. I think the watch comes from the team. The silver stick tends to come from the likes of the NHL PA. Um, so they put that together, the Players Association, make mm. sure that that happens. Uh, that silver stick is something else. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's I was sitting there with a picture trying to work out what it was and then he said silver and I went, what? Yeah, so he got a silver stick. Um, no news as yet what the teammates got him. It is tradition that the teammates would get them something fairly pricey as well that all the, the guys Someone would got throw a money in. one time. I yeah. That. Well, that was, a, that was an equipment manager. Was was. We talked about manager. that yeah. a couple of years ago um, on his retirement. But uh, yeah, no word yet on what Big Phil got from uh, the guys on the team. I'm sure they were loving that whenever they saw that trade happen. It's like, oh, he's going to play a thousand here. I'm going to have to drop five grand into a, a, a gift for him. Great. He's got him a lifetime supply of hamburgers. Neither you, neither you guys picked him up for your uh, your fantasy no. Well, someone has his name team named after him, so I'm assuming he hasn't. You would imagine. Does he have him? I don't know. Maybe. I, don't know. I would assume he did. You wouldn't name your team and then not pick him. <laughs> yeah, but he also named it after the off-season hot dog incident as well. So, I mean, <laughs> Kessel's be... hot dogs. No, sure. He's, is it not... Uh... Yeah, no, it's armor. Is his, uh, it's hot dogs. Is his, his nickname? Hot dogs, armor, hot dogs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who doesn't watch any like NHL games with the American adverts or has watched The Simpsons at one point, he does have them. Yeah, yeah I thought as much. So yeah, he, he hit his thousandth game, got his silver stick, got his got his watch, and uh, yeah, the whole pile of stuff as well. So, got to be fair, he's uh, kind of travelled around the league over the last few seasons. Uh, but fair play hitting the thousandth uh, in the NHL it's a big, la- a big marker um, especially in the NHL the way that it's so competitive now Te- players have a habit of you know dropping down yeah. and as they start to get a little bit older um, and just crack a job but he's he's definitely fulfilling a different role for the Yotes he's there being that um, veteran, veteran in the locker yeah. room so I mean that's that's fantastic for him to see that and to be in that position in a team when this happens as well to be that yeah. veteran leader um, while he's playing there he's obviously wearing the A um, when he's there as well so um, that's a that's an awesome thing and I'm sure that's going to be photos that he'll he'll love just because of that jersey <laughs> so we talked about this earlier what did Sheffield get? big handshake well we'll, <laughs> we'll find out um, this weekend so Jonathan plays his thousandth game on Saturday I believe okay he'll get a, he'll probably get like a nice you know Peter Peter trophy from like the local trophy shop they just give him Monty I was just about to say he's going to get Monty Monty. (laughs) (laughs) give him Monty the challenge cup with a broken arm (laughs) oh the broken arm of the challenge cup (laughs) bent into uh, a stick shape does Sheffield have any notable drinks that are made there do we know no better be some kind of beer isn't it cider probably would it be cider oh Yorkshire yeah. maybe like a a case of big jug of scrumpy Oh. <laughs> anyone who knows me knows I can't drink cider and the thought of it just turns me uh, I think John you have another one you want to shout yeah, about yeah do so moving swiftly on another um, one of your favourite teams um, yeah another of my favourite uh, things about, in the NHL uh, is the Flyers yeah. I do I talk you either about, like to talk about the Flyers or you like to talk about gritty you know to be honest uh, there was a gritty thing and I didn't bring it up but anyway ah. moving on um if it's the same story I'm thinking of it creeped me out there's so actually much. there's two the and I wasn't bringing yeah. either of them up <laughs> brilliant uh, <laughs> so this was the the story that uh, Flyers forward Michael Raffle um, during a game against the Golden Knights um, was actually accredited with two goals two of the six Flyers uh, goals on the night um, 
During his post-game interview, though, he was very clear in the fact that he absolutely did not tip Ivan Poporov's shot into goal. Um, and there was this went kind of viral for about 20 minutes because um, I think it was ESPN or something were interviewing him and they put under um, his face while he was talking. It's like, score two goals, only once credited for one. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the ticker that was going on while he was being interviewed. It was fantastic. So a couple of days later, uh, we got the news from the NHL Public Relations Twitter feed that um, they were officially changing the scoring and uh, taking a goal off uh, of Raffle and giving it to Poporov. Uh, or Por- Porov. Aye, him. Aye, that lad. Um, and... Uh, he got his wish so he absolutely didn't want the best thing is his interview is totally deadpan he's just like I didn't score that no nope, wasn't me no nope, no nope, wasn't mine I didn't tip that nope um, so it's, it's a, big up for him for doing it because how many guys wouldn't they would just keep that stum and be like I, two I goals think, for I think that's been the biggest thing that um, sort of US uh, sports journalists have picked up on is the fact that yeah he could have quite easily said yeah, tip that, give me the extra on Aye. plus minus, give me the extra point. I'm sure he would have also walked away with a goal scoring bonus or something. Yeah, and that's that's the thing as well. He walks away with no points on that, so it's not even a points bonus. Yeah, so yeah. he's not involved in the, the play leading up to it, so he doesn't get anything on the plus minus yeah. there, um, except fair for the, the plus for being on the ice. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't walk away with a point at all. So absolutely fair play. Well, I guess what, because he scored... Well, he was accredited with two, so he gets the points from the previous. Yeah, yeah. Goal. So I guess that. Well, he gets yeah, the yeah, he gets yeah. the point from the previous goal. So I mean, that's fine. He was happy enough with the one. Uh, but <laughs> he's not know what? Fair play, <laughs> brilliant sportsmanship to come out and uh, sort of support your team. And I'm sure that puts him in a great position in that locker room going yeah. forward. Oh, yeah, that would be a massive, massive thing to go away from the locker room. Um, okay, so we have a uh, penalty box piece on this one. Um, who put this one up? I did. You want to chat about? It? Uh, yep. Awesome. Uh, just throw it in. Dave hasn't read it. So. <laughs> Um, this is the Tell story of <laughs> yet another Russian um, who... Another, another Russian? Russian. <laughs> Sorry, I've, got, I've got something in my nose. It's all, clearly not that because it's not banned in the NHL. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Um, obviously, we, we talked uh, in depth um, in either last episode or the episode before um, of the Russian uh, international player who plays in the NHL. Actually, I think he played for Washington. Yeah. Think, yeah. Uh, who's banned for four years Internationally yes. for cocaine use. It's Kuznetsov, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, this time around is the story of another Russian uh, forward, Valentine uh, Zykov, for the Vegas Golden Knights, who has been suspended for 20 games in the NHL without pay for violating the performance-enhancing drug policy uh, the, log- the, the league announced last Thursday. Uh, the... While the NHL hasn't disclosed what the substance the 24-year-old Russian had used, um, he had come out and he says, um, while he hadn't, well, I haven't been able to discover how I tested positive, I understand that I am responsible for what is in my body and will accept this penalty. Clearly, there's something there. Mm. Uh, I want to <laughs> apologize to my family, my, my teammates and the Golden Knights organization and fans. Um, he so he's going to serve a 20 game ban the team themselves Golden Knights set out a statement just saying uh, Valentin knowingly used a banned substance without the consent recommendation or knowledge of our team we support the NHL the NHL Players Association Performance Enhancing Substance Program and we respect the decision that has been made so that's a 20 game ban so was this a a, a random drug test or did they all get um, I think this is probably. I think all of the players must go through um, at least one sort of season, w- at right? least yeah. one drug test at some point through the season. I'd say um, they'll be they'll be um, not random the, testing done as well throughout that, the season. Uh, yeah, but just a bit. if they're not done at the very start of the season, they're probably done throughout the season mm. at some point. But I think every player. I think the idea is that every player will get tested at some point yeah. throughout the season. Um, I don't think any player can get away without getting tested each season. Um, 
but obviously something here has been done um but it's, it's interesting that's just well i'm not saying it's interesting it's another russian but it's it's interesting that it's another russian it's weird it's weird <laughs> that they've said it's it's clearly a performance enhancer so i'm yeah. trying to remember what the performance enhancers that the nhl puts down so i mean you're pretty much talking about things like what steroids, steroids yeah. yeah maybe i mean blood doping maybe it's well. it's interesting that Amphet. it's it's interesting that you know obviously given the fact that the, you know the, obviously what's happened with the the russian olympic teams over the last couple of years and both winter olympic teams and also the summer olympic teams and how they've come under real scrutiny for their performance in Hampton's are you suggesting that this is something that's only happening with the russians i'm not suggesting anything but i'm just saying it's well there, there is an imbe- there is a full investigation about state-sponsored um doping doping yeah so yeah. it's not that's like you're not making an allegation that's not already being investigated can so. we not cross the reds please like i'm already hated by enough people i don't need to be hated by the reds too it's like our first podcast that you slagged um shut up (laughs) don't remind them don't remind them (laughs) pretty Uh, sure that episode didn't go out if you go to our soundcloud (laughs) (laughs) please listen back to the episode um all right um i think that's everything for period two anybody else got anything nope nope, nope. Awesome. No, we'll end it on and move on to period three. period three then is our general Nucky news. news this is where anything and everything else in the world of hockey that we think needs to be chatted about gets chatted about um marty i'm gonna start with you this time um you have something about sergey bobrovsky um yep paying up for a, a number yep um so guys we are big fans of jerseys obviously oh, in yeah. in this in this pot on this podcast um so this story i think plays really well um this is the story of how much well without reading you've already read the story now so you can't really ask I, the have, question. I, have, I just think of the picture. um but I know our, our listeners are wondering, how much does it cost to buy a jersey number from another player on your team? Uh, well, that's exactly what's happened here for the Panthers goalie uh, following the off-season pro- an off-season promise. He was looking to get his number 72 number um, when he joined um, the Panthers. Um, and in doing so, he made a deal with Frank Ventrano, who had the number 72 up till this season. Um, and the promise and the payment that he had to pay to get that number was a Rolex watch, a bottle of wine, and a McDonald's. <laughs> um, the original, the original negotiation which happened during the off season was that it was going to be a year's free meals and a watch. Um, instead, it actually turned into be um, a double quarter pounder meal and a Rolex uh, and a bottle of wine was added on for good measure. So that's how much it costs for a a number in the NHL. Well, for these te- for this team anyway, that's how much it costs for a. Uh, to buy a number off a a fellow player um this story is quite funny and this will lead me into uh, a story later on in our penalty box our our overtime segment um so watch this space good on your man for for being happy to to switch yeah Yeah. some people are really uh, superstitious about it all yeah double quarter pounder though Oh. <laughs> I, you wouldn't say no right now would you? I, can actually, I can actually honestly Take my number for a double quarter I can actually say I, I can actually 100% and honestly say I have never ever had one ever or Alex, neither. No, Alex, no, me neither. I've pound. also never had a really nice bottle of wine. <laughs> a double quarter pounder from, from uh, McDonald's I've never had one missing out man yeah you are missing out Although, to be honest, I don't want to turn this into a foodie section or anything, but if I was going to go to a burger joint for a burger, it would be the uh, Burger King XL Bacon Double Cheeseburger. Yeah, that's not bad. Five guys. I can't afford focus. <laughs> you, mean, you mean the over the overpriced McDonald's? But it's it's the overpriced, but as a Big Mac meal should be. It's middle class McDonald's. That's what it is. 
It's middle class McDonald's. <laughs> I have to say, the Shake Shack burgers we had in Vegas were all. Oh my god, they were amazing. They were so good. We had to have them again when we were sober to realize what they tasted like. Yeah, I don't think I had one the whole time because I was too drunk to have it the first time and I was too hungover to have it the no, second time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was like, oh. I was like, well, we, we went shopping. Did you not get one there? No. Nope. Oh, you didn't. No, nope. I was concentrating on not throwing up over the rental car. <laughs> anyway, moving on. He bought one and I don't think he actually bit into it because I think but I, thought, I remember it. having two and I think I had the second one because you went up and bought another actually maybe I did because <laughs> I, I had to be I honest I may not have been hung over I might have still been drunk <laughs> like there's every possibility I didn't do any driving that time so like I knew fine rightly I could drink until 5 o'clock in the morning at that craps table <laughs> oh that was good I fun. just remember the first time vaguely yeah everyone remembers their first time <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Everyone um, remembers their first time. <laughs> That's going to be the title. Isn't it? That's the title. <laughs> um, I'm going to go on with the next story, guys. Um, I know I said let's not annoy the Reds, and there's a very good reason for that. Because uh, it turns out if you annoy Russian coaches, they will threaten uh, to burn your car. Um, oh, this awesome. was the story that came out from Moscow in the KHL. Um, the Moscow coach... Uh, in response to uh, a call on the ice that he wasn't overly happy with, threatened one of the on-ice referees that he was going to go to the parking lot and set fire to your car. I've got to use that one next time uh, Andy Dalton makes a real rubbish call. <laughs> See, for as viral as this went, there's going to be you and about a thousand other people in the SSE who are going to shout I'm going to burn Dalton. your car! <laughs> if Boomerang don't make that into a song the next time he's in town, what are they even for? Oh. Um, so <laughs> he uh, the coach consonant, please Carol um, tried to pass off the comment saying it was a joke um, but he couldn't, and, he couldn't he talk about the fact the car was burnt this, yeah he added in this <laughs> it's just as well I only said car it's not as if I said apartment <laughs> like, keep digging a hole for yourself mate oh. so the KHL have ruled that uh, it breached the rules on insulting and threatening the officials uh, the league warned the coach that um, cases like this tarnish the image of the league. Mm. Um, as such, the team themselves were fined 300,000 rubles. Bit of fiver. Uh, well, four, <laughs> just, over, just over four grand, four and a half grand, um, all in. Uh, and that's it. So there's no, <laughs> there's not even any implications for the coach. <laughs> the team have had to let go of some money. Um, because that, he had a go at them. Is that not the the big man's team, Dynamo Moscow? Um, oh, it might be. So he's just... I'm not saying his name. <laughs> they, they won the game still, so well, they, I mean, they, not surprising. That's what I'd say. They did not win every game. They're pretty much, yeah. Um, what are you saying? You went the league's fixed? Yes. Shut up! Oh my god! Right, moving on. Right, there was when an untrained player turns up and scores five goals. Then yes, that is fixed. Right. Anyway, moving on to something a bit more wholesome. Uh, Aaron, you found something quite um, entertaining. I love this was this. good. <laughs> Yes, um, as we are sitting here with our uh, particular brand of coffee and Timbits in front of us, we all like <laughs> <where they're> <laughs> I love that you said particular brand and it said Timbits. And Timbits. Yeah, yeah. Other brands of coffee are available, but absolutely no other brands of Timbits no, are no, available. No, definitely. Um, well, and basically what uh, Tim Hortons have done is they have turned to kids to find out what what would make uh, ice hockey practice even better? And they have uh, Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon. Yep. yep. Yes. Amazing signing. Amazing. He's in my, <laughs> he's in my fantasy team. <laughs> uh, 
Um, ask a group of uh, kids what's going to make uh, ice hockey practice uh, better. And of course, they they come back in true true kids uh, style. Things like pinatas, puppies, donuts, and of course, uh, fart whoopee cushions. <laughs> the, the whoopee cushions on the goalie pads yeah. is pure genius. Yeah. So what happens here, absolutely needs to be a thing immediately. Yeah, once they once they've actually asked the kids what's what they're uh, what they want to do to make the uh, practice better, they actually make them a real thing by putting whoopee cushions on. Uh, goalies pads bringing puppies onto the ice (laughs) donut pinatas that's amazing this is this is what I think Belfast Giants need to do sell out crowd it's just another example of you know Tim Horton's big Canadian franchise big Canadian um, you know brand again going out of the way to do something at a foundation level for for kids for, for 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 hockey but given the fact that obviously we know Tim Horton played hockey um so you know it's no surprising but it's, again tim horton's putting their money into it the branding into it and actually just doing something positive yeah, again i think it's all for advertising for their for their charity it's advertising for their charity but i think the biggest thing is that they've actually taken um some stats from it and at the very start of the video which will be on our um our web page for the podcast um it's that 67 percent of parents um in canada find youth sports too serious uh, in the and we've talked about this we've we've talked about stories where coaches and even youth players have been taking the game way too seriously Uh, we've had verbal assaults on other players and officials we've had physical assaults on other Mm -hmm. players and officials um by coaches and by youth players and by family members as well family members, family members. Well. the last ones that we talked about was mm. like some of them are absolutely yeah. insane and, and like are not part of should not be part of youth sport at all you wouldn't accept them in the the adult games or why on earth it's yeah it's exactly um, as well. so i think this is a, a big thing and it's about bringing the fun back into the game yeah for the kids especially like I don't know what the percentage is, but let's call it 99.9% of kids who play peewee hockey um, at different levels all the way up are not going to become yeah. pro athletes. It's the less than 1% who are. Yeah. Um, they're the ones who are going to take it seriously from that point. Let sport be fun yeah. and more kids will get involved. To get, to get their memories from the game and you know that's where they learn the teamwork and all that jazz. I can even say at the minute um, with, with the, my own children, even the likes of uh, PE. Um, son's P two, they they still take it quite seriously. Like that's like a bit weird. Um, and it's just I do wish it was just more about fun sometimes. Mm, totally. Yeah, it's kind of like the concept of taking part. Um, like the it's the taking part, not the winning that counts. Like that's kind of been lost. Yeah. Like even I remember that, and it's not too long ago that like we were all in school yeah. doing that, like playing. Not too long ago. Not, not overly long ago. About. <laughs> About half of our lives ago. Yeah. Oh, that's depressing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a bit unfortunate to see it go that way, but I think, yeah. It's a great Tim, video. Go and watch it. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Uh, uh, I, re- I really like the bit at the, at the very start. Going through, uh, yes, there's the stats, but Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon are sitting there and they ask the kids the question. And then, of course, in true kid style, they all shout out questions <laughs> or their answers at the same time. And you can just see, uh, you know, uh, Sydney and Nathan just sitting there in total shock. And Nathan Rook goes, 
I think they want us to all to talk at one, or, uh, individually or, you know. I think, I think oh, we're yeah. supposed to talk one yeah, at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny, actually, that's done. That's really That's good. clearly a guy who does not have kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think they, I'm not telling you to, but they want you they to. They want you to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the cool guy here. <laughs> Look at me, I wear my baseball hat backwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he doesn't in the video, I'm just making a statement. Because I know what's cool. Um, right, that is it for Noki News. I'm knocking that on the head right now. Um, there's nothing in the penalty box for knocking news, so we are moving straight on to the stars. The star segment is where we all get to pick something that we think needs a, a specific highlight or an accolade um, to be brought forward to sorry, to everyone, to highlight it. Um, we're obviously now doing this as a competition. So up until last podcast, we had a three-way tie at the top. We had Marty... We had Dave and we had the fans all tied on one point each. That must Meanwhile, be uh, it's pretty, I'm still sitting at zero. <laughs> and we had myself and Aaron sitting at the bottom, propping up the table with big fat zeros. I can now reveal that the winner of the last poll... What was the last poll? So the last poll... <laughs> remind me who I voted. I'll remind you, I'll go through, I'll go through who they were. So we had three... So fans were not here, and Dave, as the unhealthy scratch, wasn't involved either. Uh, we had Marty, who put forward Liam Reddix. We had myself, who put forward Bobby Farnham. And Aaron, you put forward Shane Owen. Uh, I'll go through in reverse order. So in third place, with 11% of the vote, was Aaron. Oh, <laughs> Yay, zero! <laughs> <laughs> in second place, with 33% of the vote, was... Me with Bobby Farnham, which oh. means yes. we have a new leader. Stand yes. alone at the top of the table is Marty with 56% of the vote last time around with Liam Reddicks. Means that Marty sits at the top of the table with two points. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I feel a little bit bad now for voting for uh, Reddicks, but okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> holding the trophy. Again, great radio really? holding it above his head. Tell everyone um, what you're doing. I'm, I'm holding up my winner's trophy. A photo of which will be online very soon. Um, this or time around, guys, online. we have four... <laughs> <laughs> We're not live. <laughs> oh, this is descending into madness. This time around, we have four nominations, so we don't actually have to eliminate one because Twitter only lets you do four things in a poll. Um... This time around, we have nominations from everyone except from Aaron. So, going from top to bottom, Marty, you have picked out Brad Marchand. Yep. Why? Uh, my choice for this star segment is Brad Marchand. Uh, simply because of his ninja moves. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. If anybody hasn't seen the video, um, wherever you've been, we'll share the link. But uh, if this past week, uh, Brad Marchand... Being Brad Marchand and did a very Brad Marchand thing. Um, you trying to fit as many times you can say his name. Yes. Uh, What's his name? Brad Marchand. Okay. Um, he doesn't listen. Put, in, put <laughs> your hand to yourselves. Put in a beautiful. You don't know. <laughs> put in a beautiful check, um, and as the response was coming his way for a follow-up check from the opposition player, he completely docked out in a beautiful little move. And ducked under the player's arms and jumped back, jumped onto the bench and just be like, what? 
What? <laughs> nothing happened. What are you talking about? Nothing. It was superb, and that's why I. Do you know? Yeah, I have to be stars. fair. The move is, and it's pure instinct as well. Yeah. From him, he knows to expect yeah. it, and he's just out from under it. it. It's fantastic. It is really good. It is. Dave, I'm going to regret coming to you for this one because I know finally what you're going to talk about. <laughs> so give me your star and why. So I have went for Alex Stalock for the Wild. Um, he has had two or three fantastic games um, as the, the backup for the Minnesota Wild um, and he's done really well. But I have picked him because the day that uh, John took him out of his fantasy <laughs> hockey league team, he had a shutout game. Uh, <laughs> and on the same day, Devin Dupnik got injured. So he also lost his other netminder. Yeah, just because Tim... <laughs> this is, sorry, this is because I'm an idiot with the... Um, yeah, he picked two wild teams. Yeah, and yeah. picked the, the wild netminding duo. Although, to be fair, I picked Dubnik to annoy you. And then the system... Because I was at the cinema when our draft happened and I pre-selected. <laughs> and it went through all of them. And then the system gave me Staylock. Who was who was your actual first choice for goaltender just out of curiosity? Dub. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> Did you think I, I was going to be going for I didn't mean to decide. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to decide. I'm really shocked. I had Dub and then Rene and then Saros. Right, okay. Um, mostly because Saros last season, last season, Dub did have a good season. He will he will come true. He's always and bad at starting. Out of curiosity, 100%, and I'd be completely 100% honest, who was your first overall pick? And did you get that person? Uh, first overall pick? Absolutely, I got him. Did you, you know actually pick him though? You know fine rightly who it is. See, I didn't think he did. I didn't, I didn't think he would have picked him. Yeah. yeah. I thought you got him by accident. Who, who are we talking about? Austin Matthews. Yep, 100%. But that's because I did. I didn't. I could have because I, I, I went before you guys and I was the third one to choose yeah. and I didn't choose him on purpose. Yeah, I didn't want him. But I didn't, think, I didn't think you would have put him down even as a... No, I did. I wanted him for his point production. That's interesting. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Okay, so Dave's star selection is uh, Alex Stalock. Uh, guys, I'm going to jump mine for now and I'm going to go to the fan. Uh, why, so why, 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 why? I'm going to come back to mine. Okay. But Next up, the final. The fan nomination um, is courtesy of Matthew Patton again. Um, and he has put forward my selection from last podcast uh, in Bobby Farnham. And I can't argue with his reasoning. Uh, the guy is a pure animal on and off the puck. And absolutely he is. Uh, he's been phenomenal. A pure uh, gentleman off the ice. As he's gone. Yep, I've got to be honest, pure gentleman off the ice. Dave and I had the chance to uh, go down a couple of weeks ago, um, during, or just after the CHL, CHL game, yeah. and uh, were there while he was giving his interviews. Absolute gentleman and very well spoken mm-hmm. uh, as well. Understands the game brilliantly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great nomination there from Matthew. He put one of the biggest checks I've seen in a long time in that CHL game. He did well. Let alone that, the guy is popping plexi everywhere. Yeah. Like, how many plexi stops yeah. have we seen in the arena? And I would say more than half of them are Bobby Farnham. The, last, the weekend that was actually really fun, funny. The weekend when the plexi went and the whole, you know, door fourteen, door thirteen, and all that were like, it's the plexi. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> screaming at Dean Smith, trying to get the- <laughs> Everyone's screaming at Dean Smith. If it wasn't the plexi that that corner were screaming at, it was the woman on <laughs> the other side. Flash. Who had a flash oh on. my god. <laughs> It was like it was uh, boomerang being sheriffs all weekend, uh, like yeah. taking taking like into their own hands. Like a lady with the uh, that poor lady with the flash, she didn't even realize she was no. doing it. I gotta burn your car. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the new chant. Boomerang, get on it. Right back to the stars. The last nomination then is mine, uh, and I've gone for our number sake, uh, number fourteen for the Belfast Giants, Jordan Smotherman. Um, he hasn't been nominated I don't think through the start of the season I think he started cold but uh, he is back on song 
um, let alone his fight at the weekend where he absolutely fed your man uh, his dinner on the ice. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic. The guy came in to the season with a lot on his shoulders, um, a lot of expectation from the fans and I'm sure from the, the guys who were returning to that locker room. He had an absolutely fantastic um, drop into the team last season. Um, started a little bit cold. He's clearly been struggling a little bit with his own game, um, which has then translated that we've seen a couple of bench miners where he's been sent to sit them. Um, the couple of too many men calls Jordan has been the one to go and sit for them. But now he's back on song. A couple of goals this last weekend. Uh, granted one of them an empty netter, uh, given on the, the penalty. But his first one to tie the game was fantastic. Uh, it was an absolute, absolute snipe of a goal. Um, and the fight alone. And the way that he's skating again, he's back to the Jordan Smotherman from last season for me, yeah, no, which definitely. is fantastic. He's been very good. The, that uh, goal, that empty netter. Uh, it's not to take anything away. That was a lot of hard work to get to yeah. to get behind get behind the play, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So there we go, guys. That's the four nominations for this time around. Just rattling through them again. It's Marty with Brad Marchand, Dave with Alice Stalock, the fans with Bobby Farnham, and myself with Jordan Smotherman. That'll be up on Twitter and it'll run for a week as of tomorrow. We'll be on soon. Vote for me if uh, you want to know, John. Are you putting up soon? I'm putting up soon. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that one. <laughs> I am going to stop talking as soon as we finish this star segment and move on to overtime. So, Marty, over to you. Yep, um, our overtime segment is uh, just a last point to basically put in any stories that have caught our attention or just a follow-up of any other stories or just generally anything you want to mention. And I just wanted to follow up with a little bit from, obviously, our period three um, where we were talking about trading of the number for a really interesting um yeah for 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 the for the for the wine and everything else um two two stories um two players um are included in what's known as the weirdest trades in sports history um and it comes in the form of uh two nhl players um in the past first one being um chris draper um who is also known as the one dollar man uh back uh back whenever Winnipeg, when the Winnipeg Jets were around the first time um, he was traded from Winnipeg to the Detroit Red Wings Red Wings? Red Wings Red Wings for one dollar um, in total now while they uh, while I thought it was very while it wasn't very funny in the end it actually worked out for him because then Draper ended up playing 17 seasons for Detroit and helped them win four Stanley Cups <laughs> um, and he'll always be known as the one dollar man there in Detroit the second story which is probably more odd probably, probably stranger is the story of uh, Tom Bussey Martin um, who was traded for a used bus uh, so Tom- <laughs> <laughs> Tom Martin uh, was known as a journeyman playing the majority of his professional hockey career in the AHL he won the Calder Cup in 1985 um, and his first team AHL All-Star in 1988 uh, he's most famous now though for his nickname when he in 1983 the Seattle Breakers traded him to the Victoria Cougars in exchange for the Cougars used team bus what a cracking team name I the think Cougars that is amazing. <laughs> uh, this is where he got his nickname um, so they got a new team bus um for for uh for, for for a player which i think for me just kind of sounds like the the the, the most amazing trade ever <laughs> in the world of hockey i was reading a couple of other bits and pieces but there was no real I, I was reading a um a thread on reddit around this recently um when i was looking up whenever after i'd seen the story about the numbers to see what other kind of things come up but there wasn't a lot of detail and you know you know it's reddit so you know you can't take it you have to take it all the pinch of salt you know it wasn't 
factual. You also have to else. be very careful about which links you open. <laughs> but there's Not one story. There's one story there. Of, oh, all depends um, on what subreddit you go on to, John. <laughs> <laughs> that we all know what John does now. There was one. I actually don't actually, and I, 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 I don't really understand how Reddit really works. So I was reading through it, and then it was like. And then there was like these voting button things and then one was atop the other, but then the story wasn't actually part of the story. It didn't make sense. Anyway, um, but there was a couple of bits and pieces in there. One of them was about um, a team in the, I think it was OHL, where they traded a player in the junior leagues for a bag of pucks. Oh. Which is another one. And I think the best one that came out was that the... Uh, did, did, did the coach come out during that okay, so, and say... Look at all the pucks I give. Hey, hey. Boom, boom. hey. And then another one uh, was traded. Uh, they traded a player for an equipment coach, an equipment manager, which I thought that's was a, interesting. That's a one. Idea, I think yeah. it's a really good one. So um, some interesting ones. He came with a bag of pucks. He probably did bring a bag of pucks <laughs> to them actually as well at the same time. He came with not one puck. <laughs> yeah, one puck. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd mention. Thought this was going to go more. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> so I just thought I'd mention those two, um, and we'll move on, um, and. We'll bring you on to the last part of our episode. So, Aaron, everyone's oh. favorite part. Oh, everyone's no, pressure, everyone's favorite part. Over pressure. to you. Yes, he's um, ruffling his bag to find his book. You know. Where's my book? Where's my book? <laughs> With everyone else that's walking down the street to find out about Wonky Donkey. Have you even read Wonky Donkey yet? I've read Wonky Donkey. It's an amazing book. But put Wonky Donkey down and lift up the ABCs of hockey. <laughs> we got a sponsorship deal coming through. Wonky Donkey sponsored tour for Team What's Hockey. the story? So, what's the one? Um, I think actually Joe shared this picture of this, but the one um, we can't say some of the words because we have to bleep it out. But the one that um, is narrated, the audio version of it, is done by uh, Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. What's that one? Um, oh, go, go the go to sleep. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. That's really funny. I listened to that one. I don't know. It doesn't swear. It's go to F O O K. All right. I think Fook is it? <laughs> Beep. Now Martin has to decide if he's going to be there. Or not. That's okay. It's, I think it's We're safe. Sort of like cook. But I, think like that's, I think it's cook safe. An F. I think it's safe. It's probably safer than most of the things we've been saying tonight. Yes. But anyway, so we've done A B C so far. So now we're on. The D. We're on the D. We're on the D. <laughs> that might be a contender for the name. We're on, We're the, on D. the D. Everyone loves the oh, D. Where's this episode went? <laughs> oh, nerdy. So, what's keep, D? What's D for? Keeping it clean. What is D for? <laughs> and do you have a big bag of D's? <laughs> I'm sure our podcast has been described as a big bag of D's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've missed me, haven't you? <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to go for a wee walk. <laughs> so, coming to comment about hockey, what <laughs> what do you think D stands for? Deke. Deke? Oh, that's a good one. Do you know what? Honestly, I've been thinking about this through the day and I was struggling. I was thinking defence. Defence? That's not mm. a good one, yeah. Dangle? <laughs> oh, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> <laughs> It really puts into perspective the Darcy Dangles chant that we did a couple of years ago here. Oh, I can't tell if we're all going to be really impressed or really let down by what it actually is. Marty hit it on the head. It's defenseman. Yep, yep, yep. Or, really weirdly to say, now that we've been laughing about it, the D-men. 
the D man. <laughs> yeah, the D man. Um, oh man. Yeah, I was looking things up about defense. You can look up many things on YouTube about how to be a better defense player. That's not. Really you can go online I'm... and look up the D as much <laughs> as you <laughs> want. Very rare. There's a lot, lot of lot of stuff about yeah, D on the internet. Yeah. Like... yeah. <laughs> Make sure. <laughs> Make sure, oh your going. Make sure your internet shield is well Thank up to date God before you start done. <laughs> I'll just ask you one simple question then. <laughs> Who do you think is rated as the best uh, defense hockey player in the top 100 uh, players on NHL? Oh, oh. I'm going to show my pure ignorance. Is Ovi a D-man? No. No. At no. current or all time? Uh, on the current, it's always current. All, on, current. of all time. Sorry, no, sorry, of all time, of all but time. on on the current top one hundred list. What do you call a beardy guy in San Jose? And he's and I d- tell you what, and he's the second Joe. overall of all time as well. So he's the best defense player. Joe Thornton? No, we've already talked about him. Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr. And his, and his legendary hat trick. I knew that was going to come up. Yeah. Don't know what you're laughing at, Marty. You agreed. I agreed. I know. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I am going to make up. By the end of the season, I'm going to make up a Bobby Orr hat trick. I'm going to have to go back through his stats and find, find something. Find something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something so, he did three of. So twice he's appeared on this list. That it's, book must be. Was it written by Bobby Orr? <laughs> Sponsored by Bobby Orr. Yeah. So he's second, obviously, behind Gretzky. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So that was it. That was nice and simple. Mm-hmm. D is for defenseman. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing else. Thank and you for clarifying. <laughs> okay. Um, with that, then, it takes us to the end of this podcast. Thank God. Thankfully. <laughs> um, as usual, you can uh, get involved, get in touch, uh, through, check out uh, our social media, um, Door14Hockey, on all social media outlets. Um, although we kind of neglect Facebook, but whatever. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, um, get involved. M- you know, vote in our vote in the star segment. Add on any stories you think we need to talk about in future episodes, or uh, put forward your suggestion for the stars for coming up episodes. Uh, check out our previous blogs, previous episodes on our website at door four fourteen hockey dot com, uh, where you can listen into previous episodes and see the content from not only this episode but um, content from previous episodes, looking at the videos and everything else. Um, if we don't have anything else. No, nothing for me. Not for me. Good. Okay, well, with that then, we'll just close off this episode. I'm Marty. And Dave. I'm John. I'm Art. Have a great week. Nipples. <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight's podcast is brought to you by the number three and the word nipples. nipples. <laughs>